From Jerusalem, this is Baruch Gartner with the Living Aligned Podcast. Teachings from the Hasidic Masters, providing the tools you need to live with greater vitality, connection, and joy. The first thing I have to say is if you're not over 18, you can't listen to this MP3. <laughs> That's the first thing, because we're going to talk about promiscuity, a touchy topic, no pun intended. The other day, I was meeting with one of my favorite students slash friends, and they said to me, Rabbi, I think you're getting very extreme. I'm not relating to what you're saying. I don't want to make the mistake of pushing too far on the gas pedal, and I did with this person. This is kind of like a disclaimer. I really have to thank that person and everyone for their honesty. I really care about what people think. I want to hear what people have to say and how they're thinking. At the same time, I have to be honest, I live in a different world. And I have a different vantage point from what I've learned and the people that I'm among. So sometimes I feel like I have insights that I want to share with people. But at the same time, I don't want to come off as being extreme or overly zealous. I'm here to share important information and it's all hopefully in a positive way to help people become excited about serving God and turn what might be fear into faith, to turn difficult situation into an opportunity. We've been talking for weeks now about Bilaam, Pinchas, and the Midianites. I'd like to use this story and look at it from an overview, from above, and view it as we call a progression. Not only in this story is the secret of how the enemy plots against us in order to cause us to fall, but hidden in this story is the therapy of how to heal. Hashem doesn't look at the transgressions of the Jewish people. What do you mean? Hashem scrutinizes with the righteous. Why doesn't Hashem see iniquity? Because transgression doesn't reach the aspect of Yaakov and Yisrael, which is a code name for your soul. No blemish ever touches your soul. It's almost like (laughs) your soul has inside information about what you're about to do. (laughs) And before you actually do it, The soul goes into exile, runs for safety, and in doing so, preserves its purity and holiness. And it's from here that all healing occurs. Svasemis is letting us know two very important things. Number one, the soul departs, runs away to safety. So on one hand, you're soulless. On the other hand, your soul is 100% pure and holy, never blemished. This is very much like the story of the exchanged children, that after the midwife comes in and switches the baby, and the false prince who represents the external self, the ego, takes over with cruelty, what happens to the real prince, the real soul? He goes into exile. Super important to understand that this exile is not just when a person transgresses, but it's also when a person is subjugated to emotional, verbal, or bodily abuse. 
Now, why do I connect the two? Because I think it's very important for people to understand the connection between the two. Because I think today, people actually understand abuse more than they believe in transgression. But I equate them because they're the same. You might not understand it, but your soul, just like it despises abuse, it despises transgression, and especially the transgression of promiscuity. The last thing here that this Fasemis explains is that this is exactly why Bilaam could not curse the Jewish people, and this is why he opted for a plan to bring them down. That plan in the Torah is called a conspiracy. I want to read for you, word for word, English translation from the Stone Art Scroll Chumash. I think you'll find it eye-opening. Hashem spoke to Moshe, harass the Midianites and smite them, for they harassed you through their conspiracy that they conspired against you. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is a conspiracy fact. And guess what? Every generation, every generation there have been people who have conspired against the Jewish people. And what is their goal? To desensitize us, not just in promiscuity, but in everything that's not good, not godly. It's called radical liberalism. The Jewish people are on the border of going into the Holy Land. The Holy Land, they're going to be holy. <laughs> their souls are going to find their place. They're going to unify their holy souls with their holy land. And therefore, there are anti-godly forces that want to stop them. And they want to stop them so bad they're guarding the gate. It's one thing when the Jewish people are in the wilderness, but now they're literally at the door. And they know when the Jewish people go into the Holy Land, their life of unholiness is going to be disturbed. And that's the secret of that the Jewish people went out of Mitzrayim and they're covering over the eye of the land. They're covering over their way of looking at life in an external, physical way. And that bothers the rest of the world. The holiness of the Jewish people is the problem of the world. They're the holy people. And therefore, they brought somebody to curse the Jewish people because they saw that the Jewish people are supernatural. We're going to bring somebody with the power to curse. But what? In all of those days, Hashem didn't get angry even once because he didn't see any iniquity in the Jewish people. The Svasemis explains that from the fact that he saw that he couldn't curse them, he knew that the reason he couldn't curse them was because they were clean. Their whole power stems from their holiness. So he said the following words, Their God hates promiscuity. It's not that God doesn't want us to have a good time. He wants to have a great time. The way to live a happy, healthy life is to be aligned with God. That's the ultimate pleasure. If Hashem doesn't like lewd behavior, he gives us advice and tells us not to be promiscuous. Says Rabbi Nassim, what does it mean that their God hates promiscuity? What about them? They're going to fall into the trap too. 
The Jewish people's connection to Hashem is a connection of holiness. But the other side is coming in through the back door. They are getting their power through unholiness. And they say, unholiness doesn't bother us. Just to give you an idea of what the dark side really means. Let's look what happened thousands of years ago when an enemy decides to conspire against the Jewish people, okay? Sanhedrin, page 106, says Rev. Abba Bar Kahana, what did Bilaam say to his boss? I can't curse them, but I can tell you what you can do to these people. I'm going to give you an answer. Their God hates promiscuity. All good conspiracy plans, you don't go directly to what you want. You go in a roundabout way. The Gemara says, The Jewish people have not had a new garment for 40 years. They're going into the Holy Land. They want to look nice. How do they know this? I say jokingly, the Jewish people had been Googling for fine linen shirts. So what are we going to do? Let's set up a market, a shuk. Now this shuk went from the Mount Hermon until the south. And we're going to put in the booths prostitutes. But we know the Jewish people are not going to fall for that. So what are we going to do? We're going to put old ladies outside and the beautiful young ones inside. And we're going to sell to them these fine linen shirts. We're going to wait for our day where the Jewish people are, you know, on a holiday, eating, drinking, and a merry. And they go out specifically for a stroll in the markets. The old lady's going to say, fine linen shirts for sale. How much? $100 a shirt. They're going to come close to look. And then all of a sudden from inside, $50 half price. You know Jews love sales, right? They sold them not once, not twice, three times at half price. What we're talking here about is a major investment by the government. And then afterwards, they said, hey, you're like a Ben Bias. Have a seat. Make yourself comfortable. Oh, here's a nice bottle of wine. And in those days, wine was real wine. And the Gemara tells us clearly, in those days, it was permissible to drink wine of non-Jews. Well, after some fine Midian wine, the rest is history. The Jewish people lost it. Every part of this puzzle will let you know how a person is enticed. Now the question is, once a person's in that place where his soul has departed, how is a person supposed to heal himself? Almost everyone is convinced that they've been blemished, either by transgression or by abuse. There is a reality to transgression and abuse, and there is a necessity for healing, but your soul never got touched. Your soul is not blemished. And it's from this holy, healthy, happy soul all healing begins. Now here lies the secret. And this, unfortunately, people don't like to hear. And the reason they don't like to hear this secret is because they've been brainwashed. Because not only was there a conspiracy thousands of years ago, there's an ongoing conspiracy. And it doesn't matter who's conspiring, whether it's 
the person that wants to sell you something or the person that wants you to vote for him or whether it's somebody that wants to control you. It doesn't matter. The common denominator is, is that they always try and get you to be mixed up and not know the difference between good and evil, between right and wrong. When the soul leaves, a person is very vulnerable. He's in the world of imagination, the world of thinking and emotions, whereas the soul knows the truth. The truth is the truth of Hashem. We're so liberal that if we simply read the Torah, sometimes we get upset. The Torah tells us to harass the Midianites, to antagonize them. And it sounds like we're taking revenge. But the Orachayim explains this is an ongoing state of mind. This is not a one-time revenge. When a person has already tasted the sweetness of promiscuity, it's impossible for him to heal without getting excited about despising the enemy. That's what the Orachayim teaches. We're really not talking here about going out into the world and start shooting. What we're talking about is an inner state of being, of knowing the difference between radical liberalism and right and wrong. Today, they want to sell you that there is no right, right and wrong. It's all relative. Police are bad. Anything goes in intimacy. You can make an abortion whenever you want. The left's the right, and the right's the left. Everything's mixed up. And guess what? I'm sorry, this is a conspiracy. It bothers them, your holiness. We are the consciousness of the world. What was is today. This is all about healing. And if you don't think that we need to heal, then you really have your head in the sand. You get the impression that this is really coming to a head. But in essence, it's been going on not just a couple years. It's been going on since we were born. We always lived in this matrix. We always knew, being Jews, that there were conspiracies. But we're so liberal today that we don't want to believe that it's still going on. Part of being in the matrix is, is that you're not aware that you're in a matrix. So now, because the situation is coming to a head, there's an opportunity to wake up. Now, what the problem is, is that their ideology is inside of our brains. And therefore, you cannot heal because you're living inside of your mind. And you say, wait a second, <laughs> what else do I have? Guess what? You have something higher, holier, happier, healthier. It's called your soul. And guess what? It's untouched, not blemished. And if you can plug into it, you're going to heal. But you got to know something. It knows the difference between right and wrong. And if you don't like that, you can go back to sleep. Please don't accuse me of being fanatic. And if you want to talk to me, Rabbi Gartner at Gmail. Always stay connected and subscribe now to the Living Align Podcast.